financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year. And then the inflation data came out, higher than expected. Friends, this isn't going away. It can't. The U.S. is $34 trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. Text STRANGE to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation with gold. Text STRANGE to 989898 now. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The highly anticipated second season of the hit podcast Proof is finally here. Proof is an investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here. Proof made headlines for its first season in 2022 after proving the innocence of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend Brian Bowling when they were just 17 years old. 25 years later, on December 8th, 2022, both men were finally freed based on evidence unearthed by Proof. In the second season of Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, this time traveling the streets of Manteca, California, to uncover who really murdered 18-year-old Rene Ramos. On June the 5th, 2000, Ramos's body was found buried under a pile of debris inside the shell of a new Home Depot building. Despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, tips that were ignored until now, Renee's boyfriend, 18-year-old skateboarder Jake Silva, and Ty Lopez, the 33-year-old uncle of one of Jake's close friends, were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Well, everything is geometry. I mean, Plato said all is geometry, and I really believe that. So yes, DNA is very geometric. If you look at it wound up from looking down the center axis, DNA is arranged in a circle divided into 10 parts. And I think in three dimensions, it's like nested dodecahedrons. It's all geometric. And so geometry and, and musical harmony really affects our physiology in ways that I don't think science is quite caught up to yet. If you enjoy Conspiracy Unlimited, why not become a Conspiracy Unlimited Plus member? For just $1.99 per month, you'll gain access to two bonus, exclusive commercial-free episodes per month, plus access to my back catalog of episodes. To subscribe, just go to conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com and click on Gain Access to Premium Episodes. Again, go to conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com and click on Get access to premium episodes or click on the link in the episode notes. Conspiracy Unlimited Plus for less than $2 per month. Why not sign up today?
Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard Serrett. Scott Onstott is the creator of the epic documentary film called Secrets in Plain Sight, a densely packed series about esoteric patterns found in art, architecture, urban design, and the cosmos. Volume 1 alone runs 3 hours and 43 minutes, and actually it's, it's free to watch online. As well as being a prominent architect and engineer, Scott connects the dots between mysterious glyphs, the numbers in, in, in themselves, math and numerology, numbers in space, sacred geometry and architecture, numbers in time, musical principles, number in space and time, astronomy and astrologer, astrology, and secrets in plain sight reveals the profound ancient knowledge inherited from Egypt, which has been encoded in units of measurement in famous works of art, in the design of major buildings, in the layout of city streets and public spaces, and in the precise placement of obelisks and other important monuments upon the earth, where the viewer is led to perceive an elegant, harmonic system linking the human body with the architectural, urban, planetary, solar, and galactic scale. Scott Onstad, how are you? I'm well, thank you for having me on. Let's start with geometry. We often ascribe geometry to the ancient Greeks, but it, it goes way back, further than that. How far back? Well, I, uh, Plato said geometry came before the creation. And if you really take sacred geometry seriously, you start to wonder if, if that isn't true. Um, geometry seems to be underlying everything in the universe. You know, atoms are very geometric, if you want to be a materialist about um, everything. But, um, yeah, I just see geometry um, all over the earth in alignments between sacred sites, um, obviously individual buildings or usually geometric, and sometimes they contain really interesting numbers and information. Um, geometry is one of the um, ways into the great mystery. Um, it's one of the, the four subjects in the in the quadrivium, which I think you kind of touched on in the introduction. Right, right. Yeah. And, and, and it all starts with the sphere, doesn't it? I mean, can't you, all geometric forms, don't they come from the sphere? The sphere? Well, you could construct everything from a sphere um, if you start as a single point of awareness and imagine that you are in a void and you go a certain distance, whatever that distance is, you can decide um, and stop. And then uh, you have now two points in your universe. Um, if you go back to the center um, and keep surveying points, you, you end up describing a sphere because a sphere is all points equidistant from a center. And so from that sphere, you can then go back to the surface of the sphere and do it again. And you end up creating two intersecting spheres, and in two dimensions, that would be called the Vesica Pisces, or Vesica Piscis, as it's sometimes pronounced. And from this shape, um, geometry seems to explode. It's It's been referred to as the womb of creation. Um, you know, within that, you have all the important um, ratios and musical harmony can be derived from that shape. 
You mentioned so, the ratio, the, uh, a term that I've heard, uh, the golden ratio, which is found uh, everywhere, apparently, found in nature. For example, even the way that the human face, the, the ratios of the human face. Uh, that's right. Is, All of our bones in our fingers and our most uh, body plans are based on the golden section. Yeah, what, it, let's delve into that a little bit. What do we mean by the golden ratio or the golden section? Well, if, if you take any line and divide it at a single point, uh, it's about 61% of the way along the line. That ends up dividing the line so that the, the smaller part is to the larger as the larger is to the whole. And this is a special kind of magic ratio that architects and artists have known about for centuries. And it has some really interesting properties mathematically, and we see it um, expressed in the body plans of lots of, of creatures. Uh, and it's in every uh, pentagon or pentagram shape. All of the, the different aspects of that shape are related to to itself using the golden number or golden ratio. And the fact that these uh, ratios, that this sacred geometry that exists in nature, uh, finds its way into architecture, art, music. I mean, what is... What's the takeaway? What is the significance of that? I mean, one could say, okay, so so man is attempting to to mimic nature, but there's more to it than that, I'm guessing. Well, it's it's sort of like the universal language um, that is geometry or math or number. Um, you don't have like a German math and a Chinese math. You have only math, and everybody learns the same thing. And so, in that way, and the same thing is true of geometry. So in that way, it's like the true universal language, and it, it's sort of underneath everything. Um, it's sort of how the how the universe is built. So it's um, it's like a part of the matrix, if you will. I was going to use the word matrix, this, uh, right? This universe simulation. And uh, I just mentioned uh, uh, Jim Elvich uh, before the break, Scott, of the idea we're living in a, a digital simulation. Uh, you mentioned the Matrix, and he talks about, you know, we are living in a, ma- in a Matrix or potentially living in a Matrix. What, do you, what are your thoughts on that? We're living in a digital simulation. Well, I, I'm sympathetic to the general idea that we're living in a kind of Matrix because in my research I, I uncover sort of an uncanny order to the universe, um, and I see it at all different scales. But my conclusion is different. I, I don't think that we're living in a digital simulation. I think that the whole universe is a work of imagination, and, and there's only one awareness. And, um, you know, traditionally you'd, people would call that God, but uh, you can just call it awareness and make it kind of a um, an object. But awareness is never an object. It's the very awareness that you have right now that you are listening to me uh, talk with. And so this awareness imagines a whole universe, and it also imagines humans on a certain planet. And we are those fictional characters um, who take on lives of our own. And that's not to diminish the the felt experiences that we have, because they're very poignant and very real. But um, this is just another way of looking at reality, um, that, that it's a work of imagination, so the consciousness creates matter. Yes, consciousness is fundamental. So matter um, is in consciousness, rather than the other way around. You know, right, the right. prevailing scientific viewpoint is that consciousness is almost this trivial thing that happens just on the surface of our brains. Um, you know, it emerges from this wetware that we have, and it's sort of the last thing to evolve at the last second. But what I'm proposing is 
very opposite view that there's really only consciousness and matter is an illusion. And, you know, we have some evidence of that when we look, when uh, quantum physicists look very deeply into matter. They say the atom is 99.999. In fact, there's 13 nines after the decimal point. So 99.999 dot 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 percent nothing. And so there's really nothing there. There's no thing. Right. Right. It's yeah. Uh, yeah it's very illusory. Um, now the the incorporation of sacred geometry uh, that that um, that we perceive in in nature and and adapting this for use in let's say you know the construction of uh, edifices like the pyramids. Uh, and I'm guessing you know these were the, these were the stonemasons that, that 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 did this. Why did they do it? I mean, was there some some power? Um, Generated by incorporating sacred geometry into the into the pyramids. Well, seeing that that's how the whole matrix or the the whole universe is imagined and how how it works. Um, if you have that understanding, I think it's really tempting to encode that information in structures. And uh, you know, the, there's a great question of whether the ancient Egyptians were the ones who encoded that or if they were influenced by the gods or by aliens uh, who actually knew the information and just told them to build it this way, and they, and they did that. So I don't, I don't propose to have an answer to that question. Right. But, um, I guess it's not, maybe it's not so important who did it, but, uh, but why? I mean, we ascribe uh, you know, uh, s- uh, certain attributes to pyramids. You know, we, pyra- we think of pyramid power and the healing power. Uh, of, of pyramids, uh, uh, some some propose that the pyramids were actually energy sources, uh, you know, giant capacitors or, or batteries. Uh, does this have anything to do with the, the sacred geometry? All of those qualities come out of the pyramid, and the pyramid is kind of a special case, and they, they, everything emerges from that from geometry. But what I'm looking at is sort of a different layer. Of information, I'm not looking at the practical side of how the Great Pyramid may have, may have been used as an ascension chamber or a building that makes power, um, but I'm just analyzing the cross section of the pyramid and noting that if you inscribe an equilateral triangle inside of it, the edge length is 555.5 feet, which happens to equal 6,666 inches, and that just so happens to also be the height of the Washington Monument, and the length of St. Paul's Cathedral right. in London. And so I just, I'm pointing out this pattern, and I don't, I'm not saying that there's a practical use for it, other than changing your, your perspective or giving you a, a new perspective on some of the same old things. Right. And and uh, is there any takeaway uh, in terms of, uh, you know, we talk about the... Uh, uh, the mark of the beast or the mark of the, the mark of man, the six six six, and that that ratio that you just mentioned. Um, I wouldn't. I don't subscribe to the the mark of the beast theory myself, but I find that all um, repetitive digits are are keys, um, and in a way, I think that's some evidence that the simulation that we're in, or the way that we've imagined it, it fo- is following the decimal system. In fact, and that's just not an anthro morphic choice that we made when because we have ten fingers but it's actually a very deep structure and uh, it, you know and I find that uh, this is 
uh, prevalent throughout throughout the system. Uh, can you give me some examples? Let's say some more, um, not more modern necessarily, but when we're, I guess it's relative. We're talking about the pyramids. Let's talk about some of the great cathedrals of, of Europe, for example. Do we still see these these ratios? Extant in, in uh, let's say, for example, St. Paul's Cathedral or the Vatican, etc. Yeah, I mentioned uh, St. Paul's Cathedral having that length, which is tied with the Great Pyramid. Um, I did an analysis of Chartres Cathedral in Secrets in Plain Sight, Volume 1, and it shows how it's related to the Tree of Life and to musical octaves. Um, I've, in my work, I, I look at a lot of. Um, distances between sacred sites and I find that those often encode repetitive j- digits um, for example the um, the Cathedral of Santiago de Compostela in Spain is the end goal of the um, the way of St. James it's the it's also known as the Camino it's a traditional pilgrimage right. that hundreds of thousands of people go on these days and that um, the very center of that cathedral uh, has a, a point called the Rond Point, and that is exactly 666.66 miles from the center of the round fountain in the Tuileries Gardens in Paris. Amazing. That's not a, that's not an accident. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it. And, no. And that round fountain is sort of an origin point of a whole lot of other interesting things as well. Such as? Well, um, you can also draw a line from the Round Fountain to um, this peak in southern France called Bougarac Peak. It overlooks Rennes-le-Chateau. Ah. And that's a New Age pilgrimage site. Since the 1960s, people have been going there. Right. And these, each stop uh, along this pilgrimage, these supposedly correspond to the various chakras, right? I believe so. Right. And um, so the distance there is 666.66 kilometers. Mm. And this is really interesting because here we have kilometers, and the thing to Spain, to Santiago de Compostela, was in miles. And this is one of the curious things about um, these distances that I find is they happen in different systems of units. But I've found that from you know looking deeper into the units, that this seems to work because... Each of these systems is based on the Earth. That is, they're derived from the size of the Earth in one way or another. And in that way, they have a resonance with the Earth. And the word geometry itself literally means Earth measure. And so in this way, it's a kind of sacred geometry that I'm revealing here with these distances. Right. Uh, I was talking earlier uh, about uh, uh, John Lennon in New York City, and, and uh, of course, one of his favorite haunts was Central Park, and there are a number of, ob- uh, there is at least one uh, obelisk uh, in, in Central Park. But you, I believe, we, uh, we've got it up on the slideshow, don't we, Albert? It's, um, uh, it's a map of Central Park, and there's a connection between one of these obelisks, and is it the, the Jackie Kennedy Reservoir? Yeah. What's happening there? Well, actually, uh, before I tell you that, which is a fascinating part, let me just um, mention one fact that um, comes out that connects the obelisk in Central Park from ancient Egypt. It's called Cleopatra's Needle. Yes. And the distance from there to Bougarac Peak in southern France. Now, I don't have my notes in front of me, but I think it's 3,033.3 nautical miles or something like that. Right, the repeating numbers. It's all threes for sure. Mm. Isn't that amazing? Uh, so that's kind of amazing. But um, 
Oh, also, incidentally, the other pair to Cleopatra's needle is in London, in central London, on the Victoria Embankment. And I measured the distance from there to where the obelisk used to be in Alexandria, Egypt. Right. And it's 3,333.33 kilometers. My. Exactly. Has anyone else previously uh, pointed this out, Uh, Scott? Are are you the first one to actually connect these dots? Well, to the best of my knowledge, um, those two examples are things that I've found and and I've never seen anywhere else. But uh, in my research, I uh, come across things quite often, and I'm I'm careful to give credit to people. Sure, sure. When when I just you know am repeating what they've discovered. You mentioned the uh, the uh, the distance in nautical miles between uh, Cleopatra's Needle and um, this peak in France was was it three thousand three hundred and thirty three? Is is that the connection? Um, I mean, we're talking about you know arcane knowledge and so forth, and uh, we often attribute that to the uh, you know the Freemasons. We have of course the thirty third degree uh, Mason, which is sort of at the peak of that uh, that pyramid pyramidal organization. That's right. Is is there a connection there then, I'm guessing, between the 33rd degree Mason and those repeating threes? Well, the, just the number 33, of course, is the repeating threes, and so it, it, it fits into that system very nicely. And I, in fact, I find the Freemasons are often kind of connected to these, these um, alignments and distances, um, sometimes in uncanny ways. For example, um, I can think of a building in the International Peace Garden on the U.S.-Canada border that is shaped like the Freemasonic um, square and compass right. emblem. Right. And it actually is only visible from the air, looking down on it, because the, the, the actual building has that floor plan. And that building is located at 100 degrees, 3 minutes and 33.33 seconds (laughs) west longitude. So it has all these threes in it. Someone was very precise in laying that. I found um, there's an alignment, a really long-distance alignment that connects four sites. So they're all on the same great circle. And that Freemason building in um, the International Peace Garden is um, on, on that line. The western terminus of the line is the um, the Ziggurat building in Southern California at 33 degrees, 33 minutes, and 33 seconds north. Right. And so if you go from there, and then you, you stop at the International Peace Garden, and then you continue on all the way to France, it goes through this place called Sergi Pontoise, which is a really esoteric suburb of Paris, right. full of symbolism. And then the line terminates at the round fountain in the Tuileries Gardens. And where so, is the Tuileries Gardens? It's in central Paris. It's That's right in, in front Paris. of the Louvre. Why all roads lead to Paris, apparently, or or certain parts of France? Does this have anything to do with, I don't know, the the, uh, the Knights Templar? Or, or why, why France? Well, France is a really, um, Paris in particular is a very important city in, in, um, in history and in, in esoteric circles. Um, in fact, uh, Graham Hancock and Robert Bivall wrote a book called Talisman, and they uh, they brought out the history of the word Paris and show that it's connected to the Faria Isis, which is the lighthouse of Alexandria. That's how it was called. And they think that Paris is actually a corruption of 
of the name of the Lighthouse of Alexandria. Oh, interesting. Robert Boval is going to be on the program at the end of the month, so we'll, we can talk about that with him as well. But uh, um, and I, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. We were. I, I was asking you about this obelisk uh, in uh, Central Park, and uh, I believe it's there's some line connecting that with. It's around the Jackie Onassis uh, Reservoir there in Central Park as well. Yeah, if you look in um, in Google Earth or some in any satellite imagery of Central Park, you'll see that it has that reservoir, and there's an underwater structure that's in a straight line that kind of crosses uh, the whole reservoir, and it points right at the Met. In particular, it points um, right at this particular room, which contains the Temple of Dendur, which is an ancient Egyptian temple that was relocated there. Um, in, in the 60s when they built the Aswan Dam, they flooded the valley and they had to, to relocate it, so they put, they put it there. The tomb is at the Met, at Lincoln Center in New York City. It's at the Metropolitan Museum oh, of Art. Oh, the Metropolitan Museum, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. And um, it's funny, but um, Jackie lived right, grew up right next to that, and um, they, the reservoir is called the Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis Reservoir, and the line, you know, points to the Temple of Dendur, which she ceremonially received for the United States from the country of Egypt. Wow. I mean, these things, they can't be planned this way, or can they? No, I think um, this is conspiracy from a higher level. You know, the, the, a lot of the examples that I'm telling you right, about, right. like, let's just go rewind a bit to Cleopatra's Needles, and, you know, th- take the one in London, for example, that, right, right. you know, how could that be? I mean... I could I could see that there could be a conspiracy to locate a uh, monument within a city, but how is it that London just happens to be in the right location to make that happen? Exactly, right. so bizarre. And it, it reminds me of another one like that. Um, Let, let's get you, get get you to hold on to that, Scott. Okay. We're uh, coming up on a break. When we come back, we'll continue to delve into sacred geometry and uh, and numbers and music and art and architecture. This is fascinating. I'm enjoying this immensely. Scott Onstott with us, the creator of the epic documentary film called Secrets in Plain Sight. Hi there. I want to tell you about a podcast I know you're going to love. It's called The Dead Files from Travel Channel. On The Dead Files, Amy Allen and Steve DeShavi investigate the paranormal activity haunting real people and homes across the United States. Amy and Steve come from totally different perspectives when they investigate. Amy's a medium. She sees and speaks to dead people and uses this skill to find out why someone might be haunting a place. Steve is a retired homicide detective. He tackles the case from the other end of the spectrum and uses public records and witness accounts to piece together the history of the haunted location. On every episode, Steve and Amy investigate a different, real haunting to help the family struggling with its effects. On one episode in Falconer, New York, a family keeps waking up with scratches and bruises. They also see a shadow figure lurking around their home. They call Amy and Steve to investigate. Amy uses her strength as a medium to understand who the presence is coming from and why it's so angry. Separately, Steve finds out the history of the house from the townspeople and in public records. He finds that several people who lived in this house died, which matches Amy's findings. At the end of the episode, Steve and Amy share their findings and make a recommendation on whether it's safe to stay in the house or time to get out. There are so many crazy stories on the dead files, and what's interesting about Amy and Steve is that they investigate the hauntings from two totally different perspectives. You listen to my podcast because you love tales of the paranormal, but if you want more... 
Listen to The Dead Files wherever you get your podcasts. C60 Evo delivers the miracle molecule ESS60. It's pure carbon 60. Why not love your body and share C60 Evo with those you love? ESS60 from C60 Evo is a mega antioxidant for increased strength, endurance, flexibility, and a deeper sleep. It's great for pets too. I take a tablespoon every day and so does the mighty Aphrodite. We're both sleeping better than we have in years. And during the day, we have such tremendous energy and vitality. We're both pain-free. In a landmark peer-reviewed animal study in Paris, France, rats fed ESS60 lived twice their normal lifespan. Go to c60evo.com slash Richard hyphen or click on the C60Evo link in the episode notes. Use the code EVRS at checkout and save 10%. ESS60 from C60Evo. Order your miracle in a bottle today. In another reality, Richard is a very strong and handsome man. Just not in our reality. Although I heard somebody passing him in the hall the other day, and it was good, good, a handsome man, Richard is. I made that up. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Scott Onstott stays with us, architect, engineer, artist, trainer, uh, and we're talking about sacred geometry. And I was asking, you know, when you talk about the distances between, let's say, an obelisk in, in uh, Central Park and its twin in London and the coincidence surrounding these numbers, how it can't be a coincidence, and you describe it as a conspiracy from above. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, I don't have an explanation for it because I don't know the answer, but I, I find all of these clues, and I leave it up to you to fill in your own metaphysics or spirituality as you see fit. But I can present the patterns to you. But I think you, you probably agree that it's hard to imagine that it would be just a human conspiracy behind it all. There are some things that are just too hard to imagine wrapping your mind around that. Right. Like, for example, uh, we were talking before about um, Cleopatra's needle um, in London and, and comparing it with where it used to be in Alexandria. And that was uh, 3333.33 kilometers. Well, another one is um, the Ishtar Gates. There's an Ishtar, there was an originally an Ishtar Gate in Babylon, and it was moved to Berlin in the early 20th century. And later, Saddam Hussein built a replica in the original location in Babylon. And the distance between them is 3,333 kilometers. Wow. Now, <laughs> that's just too much to believe that, that there's a conspiracy, because Berlin was obviously there for a very long time. Right, right. And they couldn't just happen to put it there because it, um, I mean, what are the chances of a capital city, city being in the right location? It, it seems pretty slim to me. I was discussing again uh, John Lennon earlier with a guest and talking about all the nines uh, surrounding Lennon. I don't know if you know anything about uh, John Lennon and um, born on October the 9th, so many of their albums released on September 9th, their back catalog, September 9th, 2009, Revolution Number no. 9, Dream Number no. 9, Number 9, all his songs with the number 9 in it. And uh, when you add it up, you know, okay, so maybe four or five of them are coincidences, but when you start to see, it's, you know, it's dozens and dozens and dozens. It can't be a coincidence. So this is an example of, I guess, the, I don't know, it's just, it's the, this matrix of numbers, which is the backbone of, of the universe just being revealed to us, I suppose. Yeah, and have you heard of the Enneagram of Personality? It's a a system used to you know, analyze a personality based on nine numbers. 
Ah, no, I'm not familiar with that. And John Lennon probably was a nine. Must have been. <laughs> Must have been. <laughs> the Peacemaker, it's called. Ah, okay, interesting. Now, speaking of numbers, uh, not to jump around here too much, but now what we're, while we're on the, the, the subject of numbers, why is it numbers seem to follow uh, us around? How many, uh, for me, for example, I used to work uh, at a radio station up the road, uh, um, 1010 on the AM frequency, uh, 1010. Now, my, um, so my wife and I both met while working at 1010, and both our children, uh, were born October, which is the 10th month. Uh, they were born on the 10th day. They're twins. They were born, well, one of them was born at 10 after 10. And how, I can't tell you how many times I look at a clock and I see 1010 flashing. Well, I think one is figures very highly in your in your astrology or your makeup or however you like to talk about it. For me, it, it happens to be three. I was I was born in Laguna Beach, California, which is at 33 degrees 30 minutes north. <laughs> I actually learned to drive in um, the parking lot of that Ziggurat building, which is at 33 degrees 33 minutes 33 seconds. The address of my high school is 33333 Golden Lantern. Oh, my. And uh, it just goes on and on. You know, it's bizarre. Well, that answers my next question, which is why you got started in this. I mean, it was it was the universe is screaming at you. Look into this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I didn't become aware of it until I was 33. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course, of course not. not. <laughs> so it, when you talk about 33, and we, talk, we mentioned the, the Masons, the 33rd degree Masons, uh, is this, I mean... I don't know if you can answer this, but we talk about this arcane knowledge that they have. Is this at the root of, 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 of their arcane knowledge when we talk about the stonemasons and how to, how to put buildings together and, and, and using the sacred geometry and so forth? Is that the well, secret knowledge that we believe they have? I think they're definitely custodians of, a, of an ancient mystery tradition along with many other societies. Um, they don't really have a, a monopoly on that information, but they've done a good job of, of preserving it. And I, I don't think that most Freemasons probably don't understand it, but um, that doesn't matter. You know, you can transmit uh, information through ritual and not understand what it means. And so um, it's sort of encoded in there. Scott Onstott's creator of the documentary film Secrets in Plain Sight, which incidentally, I mean, wildly popular, and, and people can watch it uh, for free, but you made that movie for, like, next to nothing, for like a dollar or something. How did that happen? Yeah, it was only my time, and it took me a whole year. I took a year off of work and, and worked on that uh, very passionately. It took me, uh, I think I worked harder on that than I've ever worked on any project, but it was a real labor of love, and uh you know, I'm, I'm real proud of, of having made that. What do you want people to take away if, when they watch Secrets in Plain Sight? I mean, obviously, the, you know, there's, there's beauty, uh, there's, you know, beauty in all of this, in, in, in the, uh, you know, the synchronicities and the, uh, in the symmetry and the, you know, in nature, echoed in, in our buildings and so forth, but what, what's the takeaway? The takeaway is to look at the universe in a totally different way and, and to, and to ask better questions, start asking more questions and, Kind of reevaluate your worldview, and it gives you a lot of opportunities to ponder things in different ways and to, to ask better questions, hopefully. 
the number 108, 108 figures uh, large in all of this. Um, uh, explain the significance of 108. 108 is, is one of a whole canon of number um, that are all doubles of each other. So um, 108, um, directly we can think of the, the radius of the moon is 1,080 miles. The um, atomic weight of silver is 108 grams per mole. Um, there's 108 stitches on a baseball, which is like that throwing, I can relate to. The moon. <laughs> that I can relate yeah. to. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. A baseball is like a giant um, square encompasses um, emblem in the field. You're saying Abner Doubleday was a mason? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, speaking of uh, of 108 or 1008, often when we see a uh, a, a watch, the old. Uh, style watch, not the digital watch, uh, but the way when they're being modeled, or if you see them on a TV commercial, you've got the uh, the hour hand. Um, usually, the hour hand will be pointed at the ten, and then the minute hand, almost as if it's framing, because you know the time X or whatever the name is up at the top there, underneath the, 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 the where the twelve would be. So you've got the hour hand and the minute hand, sort of framing that in kind of a V shape, and it's at like ten oh eight. If you just uh, Google, um, you know, watches and look at images, you'll see almost every watch is tuned to that time. In fact, even digital watches are are set at 10.08. Oh, is that right? That I hadn't noticed. Yeah, it's really quite interesting. Sometimes they'll be set at 10.09. But uh, what I found in my Volume 2 film, I show how that's connected with the geometry of the Great Pyramid and squaring the circle. And how is it connected? Oh, well... Those hands are perpendicular to the faces of the Great Pyramid, um, at, you know, given the, the 51 degree, 51 second, or 51 degrees, 51 minute slope angle. It just arises from the geometry of the Great Pyramid that that would be the proper time to um, correlate with it. Now, I, it's hard to describe. If I showed you a picture, you'd get it right away. Right, right. As an architect and engineer, if 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 one doesn't incorporate uh, these numbers, these ratios into structures, bridges, and buildings, do we do so at our own peril? Is there any is there any downside to it? I mean, is, or is it even possible uh, to construct uh, edifices and, and, and so forth without incorporating these 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 numbers and ratios? No, I think probably most buildings aren't using these these numbers and ratios um, although if you look hard enough you might you might find certain things but um, I think when you encode these numbers in your building it it makes it work at a, at a different level or, or a, a deeper level or a more more subtle level and I don't know what what practical benefit you really get P- uh, probably nothing but it, it certainly connects it with the, the larger picture. And um, I think once you become aware of the way that the universe kind of works with geometry and number, it would be really hard not to use that. I'm, I'm so tempted to encode that information in things. Right. You know, once you're, once you're aware of that, it's only natural for you to want to encode it. Do buildings that incorporate these, this geometry, are they more beautiful? In your mind, they are from a aesthetic point of view. Like when you appreciate mathematics, it's sort of like that. They're, they're more they're more beautiful because of that harmony. But I would say, by and large, most people aren't aware of that harmony at all. 
And so it's lost on them. And what, that's what kind of surprises me about a lot of the buildings that have these encodings is that nobody seems to publicize that fact. If I designed a, a building and, and I encoded 432 in it in, in so many different ways, which is related to 108 because it's 4 times 108, if I did that, I think I would write a book about it, make a coffee table book and show how cool that was. Sure. sure. But it, it's never done. And, and so it makes me wonder if, if the conspiracy isn't at a higher level and the, the architects aren't even aware of it, but, but they might be influenced to subtly choose certain things without their awareness. Now, that could be the case, or they could be involved in a, in a literal conspiracy where, where there's a group of people that is planning this, but, but I still don't know what benefit they would be getting from that, you know? Um, right, right. So what if your building has certain numbers encoded? I mean, really? Um, well, uh, numbers, as they, let, let's, uh, let's touch on music, for example. Numbers as they relate to, you know, frequencies, uh, uh, you know, musical notes or, or frequencies can have the power to create or destroy. Uh, could there be something there? There could be. There, there could be some subtle art or science that certain people are aware of that the general public is sort of totally unaware of. And they may be reaping some type of esoteric benefit or actually literal benefit. Maybe it makes you feel better in the space or maybe it allows power to come flowing to you. I don't know. Well, speaking of music, um, I mean, are these ratios at work in, in music? For example, was Beethoven, I don't know if he was a Mason, wouldn't surprise me, uh, was he sort of cognizant of these ratios, and was he somehow incorporating these into his musical scores? Well, I'm not an expert in music, but I do know about the 432 hertz tuning, and I know that um, that's supposedly more harmonious to the ear and to the voice. And there's been a movement of opera singers to try to shift the concert tuning from 440 hertz to 432 hertz. And uh, 432 is 4 times 108, so it's part of what I call the cosmic sequence. And it ties in with so many interesting things in the universe at all different scales. Well, one of them, the, uh, we just recently lost, I believe, is uh, this Japanese researcher, Imoto, uh, talking about, uh, you know, the crystalline structure of water. And I've seen, I've seen uh, microscope images of, uh, the, of water crystals under the influence of, let's say, for example, heavy metal music as opposed to, you know, classical music. And it's, it's quite startling. Well, I think we all kind of know that, but it's nice to see actual evidence of that, you know, in some in some more science, kind of science, scientific way of, of taking photographs of the water. It's really cool. I agree. And uh, while we're talking about the crystalline water structure, I mean, our DNA is, is filled with, you know, water crystals and so forth. Does this, does this um, sacred geometry apply to, like, the double, a double helix strand of DNA? Well, everything is geometry. I mean, Plato said all is geometry, and I really believe that. So, yes, DNA is um, very geometric. If you look at it wound up from looking down the, the, the center axis, DNA is arranged in um, uh, a circle divided into ten parts. And I think in three dimensions, it's like nested dodecahedrons. So it's, it's, it's all geometric. And so geometry and, and musical harmony really affects our physiology in ways that, 
I don't think science is quite caught up to yet. So much to discuss, and, and we're running out of time here. But I did, I, I did want to touch on uh, again mentioning the Freemasons and, and their sort of preoccupation with uh, the Temple of Solomon and uh, sort of their what a stated purpose uh, to you know to reconstruct Solomon's Temple wherever they can. Uh, yeah. Now, talk to me about their efforts because I understand, for example, the the provincial legislature in in um, in Alberta uh, is sort of designed to be a replica of Solomon's Temple. Uh, no, I don't think it's in Alberta. I no? think you're referring to uh, Winnipeg. Oh, Winnipeg. Um, oh, right, right. It's yes. in Man- Manitoba. Manitoba. Okay. And um, yeah, this guy Frank Albo has done great research on on the uh, Freemasonic connections with that particular structure, how it's at the center of North America and it has all this Egyptian symbolism and so on. But let me let me give you an American example also. Um, in um, Grant Park, Chicago, there's a, um, a famous park there uh, right on the water that has in the center the Buckingham Fountain. And it's um, 6,666.6 kilometers from the Round Fountain in the Tuileries Garden of Paris. Yeah, and it has the same layout as that garden. And that happens to be the sacred geometry of Jerusalem. And it turns out that the round fountain represents the Holy of Holies in Solomon's Temple. And this park in Chicago is the terminus of Route 66, (laughs) historic Route 66 in the east. And that highway goes all the way to Santa Monica, California. And the end of the trail of Route 66 is 6,600 nautical miles to the Holy of Holies in Jerusalem. So it's also connected on levels that are so mind-blowing that that happened across lots of time that it makes me think of conspiracy from a higher level or a deeper level of reality. It's unbelievable. Um, uh, one Canada Square right here in Toronto where I'm uh, sitting. Um, I believe there's a, a Google Earth image of one Canada Square. Um, what's the um, the significance there? What's going on there? Um, I didn't know there's a place in Toronto called One Canada Square. I need to look into that. But the photo I have is of One Canada Square in the city of London, England. Oh, oh okay. And um, that building was originally designed to be 864 feet high. And it actually was built slightly less because it was in the airport flight path. That's another story. Ah. And it turns out that building is 800. 8,641 kilometers from the Transamerica Pyramid in San Francisco, which is also 864 feet high if you count its pyramidion. So it's part of this canon of 864, which is 8 times 108. Amazing. Wow. I could uh, I could sit and listen to this all night, Scott. Fascinating. Uh, very quickly, how can people watch your wonderful documentary? My videos and books are all available at secretsinplainsight.com. SecretsInPlainSight.com Scott, I really enjoyed this. Thanks for spending some time with me. Thanks a lot. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting.